Pat, you guys? Ephesians 5, what verse? Hmm. Big collect- collective. Hmm. Where are we at? Where do we leave off? Ephesians. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. There'll be men coming up the aisles. If you need a Bible, raise your hand real high. We'll try to figure out where we left off from last week. Ephesians 5.15. Got it. Ephesians 5.15. Right there. All right, let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time together this morning in the Word. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much um, for this special morning that you've allowed us to have together. We trust that um, the songs have blessed you. We thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing love for us, your care for how you cherish us, for how you love us, and as your word says, for how you nourish us. And this morning, um, we are in need of that nourishment from your word, that um, you would help us to understand And not just to understand, but to apply your word in our lives. And that we would look to the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in the things you're teaching us. And so we thank you. Thank you again that our lives are in your care. And so lead us this morning. Guide us. May our time be blessed by you. And it's in your precious, in your holy name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So just by way of reminder, um, Paul's writing this letter, how many chapters is it again? Six chapters, and you remember it divides in half really nicely, doesn't it? The first three chapters, um, the Apostle Paul reminds us, reminds the believers, reminds the church of all of the spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus, because we've given our heart to Jesus, right? God has given us all of this amazing wealth, spiritual wealth. And so Paul has been sharing with us as we worked our way through um, all the blessings that are ours. Hasn't it been great looking at those? Has it been pretty cool looking at all those blessings? Now as we get into the tail end of this letter, the last three chapters, the Apostle Paul is communicating to us how we are to walk now in light of all of the wealth that we have. We've chosen to follow Jesus. And so what does it look like when you're following Jesus? What is a walk that is worthy of the calling in which we've been called? And so we've been learning. Remember last week, the Apostle Paul said in verse 1 of this chapter that we are to be imitators of who? Imitators of God, right, as dearly loved children. That word imitators also means to be followers of God as dearly loved kiddos that belong to the Lord. And so he talked about three things, or we we talked about three things, what that entails in this chapter. Number one, we are to walk in love, right? As we follow God, as as we're imitators of God, we are, number one, to walk in love. How? As Christ loved us and gave himself for us. And we talked about that last week a little bit, didn't we? Walking in love. And then we talked about walking in light. You guys remember that? Were you guys here last week? Walking in light, right? And remember the exhortation we received at the end? You guys remember the exhortation we received back in verse 14? Paul said, wake up. God says, literally, wake up. Paul's quoting from the Old Testament. Wake up, you who sleep. And what? He also says, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And so Paul's saying to the church, some of you are asleep spiritually, Some of you are flatlining it spiritually. You need to wake up. Now is the high time you wake up. And and the beautiful promise is Jesus is going to give you light. It's always coming back to him. That's always where revival happens is coming back to Jesus, receiving what he has, his grace, his light, his being filled with the spirit we're going to see this morning as well. And then as we begin the next section... We're to walk circumspectly or to walk in wisdom. And so let's check it out together. Verse 15, 
God's word says, Paul writes, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Why? Because it's, because what? Because the days are evil. Therefore, in light of that, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so Paul begins this section, verse 15, he says, see then. And that word see then means to be observant. It means to be watchful. It means to open your eyes. And then we are to walk, and that speaks of your life, your lifestyle, how you order your life, your behavior. We are to walk, and how does he say, what does he say? Circum, is that what it says? Circum, what's circumspectly mean? Does it say in the margin of your Bible, carefully? Careful is a good, good word to use, carefully. The word in Greek, it's such a cool word, it's acrobos. And we get the word can you, acrobat from that. You know, like the dude that walks the tightrope. Does he have to be careful walking the tightrope? Sort of, a little bit. F- flying Melendas, do they need to be careful walking the tightrope? They do, don't they? And then the girls that do the flying, th- the flying trapeze right? You have to be careful doing that. That trapeze dude, or that guy walking the the, the tightrope, he ignores everything else that has nothing to do with what he's doing. Why? Because he needs to be careful, doesn't he? Each step of the way. Maybe that doesn't resonate with you. How about this? How about you ever break glass in your house? You guys never break glass? Anybody ever break a glass on the floor? You guys ever break it? You guys never break anything? (laughs) Do you have to walk carefully? that you don't step on the glass, especially if you have bare feet, right? You need to be careful, right? Paul's saying what? Listen, you need to be careful where you put your feet. You need to be par- careful what you do with your eyes. Careful what you put in your ears to walk circumspectly. I would say one reason before we get into the text is Jesus is coming. We need to be about his business, looking for his return. So Paul says, pay attention, focusing on where you're going. Have awareness, not as fools, not as unwise, but wise. Use your ability to think. Use your ability to process as you walk, as you live your life. Be aware. Open your eyes. Take inventory of what you are doing with your life. And then you go, look at the next verse, redeeming the time. What does it mean to redeem? Anybody? You guys hear Bueller? Bueller. What's, redeem, what's it mean to redeem? To recover, to buy back. It literally means to buy up intensively. It also means to rescue from loss, to buy back. And so Paul says, redeem, to buy up, to rescue from loss, the time, each moment of each day that you have. And then why? What does he say? Because the days are, what does it say? The days are what? Evil, that word evil means uh, hard, dangerous, tricky, difficult, rough. Is life sometimes difficult? Can get rough, can it? Listen, Jesus let us know right up front, if, we're, if we've chosen to follow him, if we've chosen to go the narrow way that leads to eternal life, it's going to be how? Rosy and hold hands and sing Kumbaya every day? It's going to be what? It's going to be difficult. Right? Broadway, those people that reject Jesus and go their own way, the broad path which leads to destruction, that's easy. Broadway's easy. Just go with the flow, right? We're, any dead fish can swim downstream. We're going against the current as we follow the Lord, right? And so Paul says, redeem the time because the days are evil. Can I remind us this morning, life is a gift. Time is a gift. It may be, in my opinion, it may be the most precious commodity that we have, the gift of time, 24 hours. God is equal opportunity. He's given us, each one of us, 24 hours, hasn't he? Every one of us, the same amount of time, listen, to use at our discretion. And listen, each of us has a certain amount of time left, too. Do you know that? We don't know when our last day will expire, when we take our last breath here. Psalm 139, David talks about that, that God has our days already numbered, you guys. He already has the number, right? He knows when we're going to stop sucking air and we're going to take our first breath in heaven with him. 
But Paul is saying here, what's interesting is he's saying, make the best use of your time, make the most of every opportunity that you have for doing good, because time flies, doesn't it? Any parents, have you found that out? Does time fly? Or some of our older, mature saints, does time fly? I mean, like my kids, my daughter's in college, like someone mentioned grandkids, I'm like, what? (laughs) Really? Like, I mean, I remember playing Barbies with them. And then now they look like Barbie. (laughs) It's like, where did time go? I hit 50 years, I'm 50 years old. The girls say, Dad, you're halfway to 100, way to go. (sighs) Looking at it graciously. But it seemed to go like that. It seemed to go so quick. Like it seems like yesterday, man, I was doing things in California growing up and so forth, and all of a sudden, boom, wow. Where did time go? And here's the deal this morning. We can't go back in time to fix stuff. Do you know that this morning? There is no time machine to go back and fix up the stuff we've jacked up, the mistakes we've made. But here's the beauty about walking with Jesus is that our past is covered. Do you know that this morning? Our sins, the Bible says, since we've placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, forgotten, gone forever. God says, I have forgiven their sins and their lawless deeds, and I've chosen to remember them no more. And God is able to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, you guys. When, you get, when, you, when we do make a, a blunder, when we do sin and wipe out, we, we, give, we even give that to the Lord, and we're, we have consequences, but we give it to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I'm okay because my life is in your hands. And I know that you make miracles out of messes. Are you with me? And God's got our future covered too. Do you know that? Brother, sister, do you know that your future is covered? Do you know where you're headed this morning? He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. And what did the Son say to you and I? He said... Let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Do you know when he says mansions, he means mansions? He doesn't mean like little shacks. So that's what we, ha- that's what we have ahead. So don't, wor- don't be preparing a mansion here. That's going to burn. Your- our mansion is ahead. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Listen, you have a reservation in heaven, brother or sister. Your future's set. How awesome is that? He's taking care of our future. He's taking care of our past. And right now, if you're seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, Jesus said, we don't let people like that starve around here. I'm going to take care of you. Your life is in my hands. And here's the deal, though. We each have today. Time is not in an unlimited supply. Paul is concerned here with what? With the time we haven't lived yet and how we're going to live right now with this precious gift of time that God has given us. How about doing something with the time you have left, Paul says. He said, wake up. He said, wake up, sleeper. You can't get that time back that you spent already. Don't just throw it away. It is a gift. There's things that you can do that'll make a difference in your life and in the difference of others' lives. And listen, I I know as we study this and I say these words, I am not anti-recreation and anti-hobby. Are you with me? You guys with me? Not anti-recreation. But here's the thing. We can waste a lot of time with those things. A lot of time, burned, killed, lost, because those things begin to consume us. And uh, if that becomes your life, then you are uh, wasting your gift of time when those things begin to consume you. And so what are you missing out on because you're spending what you're spending your time on? Don't risk missing out on what God has for you. Paul encourages us, time is a gift to invest, not a commodity to waste. It's a gift for us, you guys, to use it to his glory. He says, in fact, look at the next verse, therefore, therefore what? In light of that, stop, literally stop being dense, 
foolish. Stop, stop living a mindless existence. Stop living your life without thinking. But instead, what? Understand. That word understand means to put together to put the facts together, to arrive at a summary, to a final conclusion. I would put it a different way, to connect the dots spiritually. You guys ever play connect the dots with your kids? Do you still play connect the dots? You know what I'm talking about? Connect the dots, you guys. Like each little dot has a number, and then you got to, right? And it makes this really cool picture. Oh, yeah. You with me? Paul says, understand. Connect the dots spiritually. As you're spending time in the Word and you're looking at your life and what's going on around you, stop being unwise and start to understand, give thought to, connect the dots with what's going on, with what? With what the will of the Lord is. When we say the will of the Lord, you know what that means? That means God's choice. That means His desire. Because we pray that prayer, don't we? Our Father. Do you guys know that prayer? Our Father... Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we're praying that, we're saying, my will goes, I want your choice. I want your desire, Father, for my life. Are you with me still? This is crucial because God gives the best to those who leave the choice with him. And so we say, okay, Lord, here's what I want, but Lord, I want your will to be done. I want your choice, your desire. Because why? Because he knows what's best, doesn't he? Does our Father know what's best? He sees the big picture. He knows all the details. Aren't you glad for unanswered prayer? Remember that person you were going to mar- thought you should marry back in junior high? <laughs> now you see their picture and what they're involved. No, just, just pray for them, right? We pray, we pray. We don't. Listen, listen no, one, no one wants the best for you more than God. Kids, our parents, we want our best for our kids, but God wants the best so much more for you. The Lord, because he loves you, you're his child. You belong to him. Our Heavenly Father cares so good for us, takes such good care of us. And we're going to be encouraged here to let the Holy Spirit lead us, to be men and women that get into the Word of God and allow the Word of God to get into us. And then our calendar becomes Jesus every day plugged in. He's number one every day. What's today's date? What's tomorrow? Monday what? It's tomorrow the 7th? So tomorrow in my calendar, it's number seven, Jesus. It's not, okay, here's my schedule. Let me plug in Jesus where I can fit him in. Are you with me? Some of you are like, shit, some of you are like, shaking it off. If you make Jesus number one in your life, everything will work out. You go on vacation, you take a little vacay, don't, don't go on vacation from Jesus. I, just ask me, I will find a Calvary Chapel that teaches the word and you'll be loved when you go there. If not, you can tune in because we got it. cool stuff, Correct? Amen? Amen? And so, and you can look forward, plan ahead so that your time and your life is fruitful and investing in eternal stuff. And so we pay attention to our lives, to what we're investing in. And, the, and Paul wants us to make a spiritual investment in things that will last. He says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Moses prayed. Moses' prayer, Psalm 90, it's the only psalm Moses wrote. He said, teach us, Lord, to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. That's a great prayer. Lord, I don't know how much time I got left. Teach me to number my days, that I would make my life count with the amount of time I have left. And I think for, for the older saints, you look back and as time has blazed, and maybe you're saying, you know what, I, I don't know if I can do anything for the Lord. Moses didn't start till he was 80. Start today. Start using your gifts and callings on your life. doesn't matter how old you are. You and I have today to take that step of faith to be engaged in what God would have us to be engaged in. Because listen, once you pass through the veil into eternity, there's not a second chance to redeem the time. 
That's it. That's why Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven. Correct? Doesn't he say something like that? Where moth and rust and thieves can't get your stuff. Make your life count with the time that you have, which is a gift from God. Your life is a gift from God. Well, how do we do that? Look what he says. And, next verse, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another, how? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks once a year. What it says at Thanksgiving time? Just always for most things. What it says? For all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting. <laughs> That's a hard one for us, isn't it? Sub- submitting to one another in the fear of God. Pastor, you just stopped short of my favorite verse. Honey, we're going to cancel that trip next weekend. That's a joke, by the way. If you're reading ahead, you'll see what it is. What's Paul saying here? Look at... If we want to work, walk circumspectly, we want to walk the tightrope. It's, t- it's tough to walk the tightrope if you're boozing. If you're a sipping saint. Oh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. It is okay to have a glass of wine, a beer. You have liberty. The Bible doesn't condemn it. That issue is between you and Jesus. But at the point where you are under the influence, you've crossed the line. And I can't tell you how many people have come up to me over the years saying, Pastor, well, listen, I don't get drunk until I get or tipsy or, or whatever, till I get to one and three quarters. So can I drink what's one and a half? And you know what they're saying? You're saying is, how close can I get to the edge? And my response is, why aren't you saying, how close can I get to Jesus? Are you redeeming the time with that drink? That's between you and the Lord. Is this kingdom being furthered? Is God getting the glory? As you're partaking in your liberty? Paul says, Paul says, Don't be drunk with wine. He means it. Listen, drunkenness is a sin. Listen, can we agree on that biblically, everybody here? Drunkenness is a work of the flesh. Can we agree on that biblically? Yes. Yes. Those who practice it will not end up in heaven. Oh, pastor, that's a little hard. Well, that's what the book says. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 1 Corinthians 6.10. And look what it says. Do not be drunk with wine in which is what? You guys ever heard that? Anybody ever use that word dissipation? Honey, can you take out the dissipation? (laughs) You know what it means? Waste. Isn't that fitting though? Because what do people say when they're drunk? Dude, I'm so wasted, man. You're right. You're wasting your brain, you're wasting your talents, your time, your resources. And by the way, none of those are yours to begin with. God's given you those as a stewardship. God's given you that. And it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? The contrast between being filled with alcohol and being filled with the Spirit. Because alcohol influences and controls your ability to make decisions. And when you're under the influence of alcohol, when you're intoxicated, evidence of that is what's coming out of you and how you're treating others. The contrast of being filled with the Spirit is also what's coming out of us, what we're controlled, or who we're controlled by and what's coming out of us, and how we're treating others. Do you guys see that there? This is like super crucial. 
we see this this morning. And so the Bible says, but be filled, and that's in its continual tense, be being filled with the Spirit, to continually be full, to be fully permeated, to be covered in every part, to be crammed full with the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. Don't I have the Holy Spirit already? Yes, you do. We learned that already in chapter 1. Once you gave your life to Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit and all of him. The question is, does he have all of you? Are you filled? Are you, con- are you under his influence, under his control? Or are you under the influence and control of something else? I asked my daughter when she was little, Alana, if daddy's not filled with the Holy Spirit, what am I filled with? You know what she said? You. <laughs> Amen. And when you're filled with you, what's coming out of you is your flesh. Amen. <laughs> and so the Holy Spirit wants to influence and control us, to lead our lives, to produce beautiful things in and through us that we can't produce in and of ourselves. If you're taking notes, I'm going to read it real quick. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. It's the parallel text for this, these verses here. Paul writes and says, Let the word of Christ... Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Do you guys see that parallel there? I would say, on the basis of that, a spirit-filled believer is a word-filled believer. Are we together on that? A spirit-filled believer is a word-filled, someone that's filled with the word of God. They're what? They're allowing the word of Jesus. Where do we find the word of Jesus? Right here. The word of Christ dwelling richly, abundantly inside of us. That means we're spending time not just listening and learning, but spending time reading and meditating and allowing the word of God to get into our hearts. Are you with me on that? Let it dwell richly in you. And he says what? He says teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And again, singing to the Lord. So that's the parallel text. Let's come back to Ephesians 5 where we left off. And so we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm connected with God. I'm allowing his word to soak in me. And I allow the Holy Spirit to pervade my life. To be in, listen, for the Holy Spirit to pervade your life, to, it means to be involved in your life more than just when you go to church on Sunday. You include him in everything you do. And so how much am I allowing him to lead me, investing my time? How much control of my life am I giving over to him? And so the Holy Spirit is, should be getting more and more of us, you guys. We should be becoming more and more dependent upon him. It's a life of dependence. It's, and it's saying, Lord, I need you. It's, and it's not just getting filled once, it's being filled. Are you with me? Why do we need to be filled over and over? Because we leak, thank you. <laughs> Isn't that the reality? Because we leak. Not only that, because we pour out into the lives of others, we need to be refilled. Do you guys like refills? Do you know God's into free refills? Isn't that cool? Some places you get charged again. Not with God. We get refilled. And we say, Lord, I need you. I know I am not the same person after that prayer as I was before. Are you guys with me? It's like, Lord, I need you. Fill me up. You come, we come to God's divine gas station and say, fill her up, Lord. I need you to control me, to lead me, to guide me. Do you recognize this morning that you need to be filled? When was the last time you asked to be filled? Have you ever asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Some of us, maybe you haven't asked the Holy, you haven't asked God to fill you in weeks. Maybe it's been months. And listen, you just you simply ask. That's didn't Jesus say? Didn't Jesus say something like that? You fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Spirit to those who those who ask? You simply ask. You come to Jesus. 
right? He said, when you're thirsty, come to me and drink, and out of your heart will flow rivers of what? Living water. Doesn't this sound like living water in these verses? And we come back to Jesus, get filled up, right? Come back. It's always coming back to him. Listen, maybe your life is not controlled by alcohol, but something else. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's work. Someone came to me after first service and like fessed up. I'm like, I'm not the guy behind like a curtain. (laughs) You don't need to tell. But I appreciate that because they were saying God's working in my life. My life was consumed by my work. It was controlling me, controlling my life. I never realized it, that I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit because what was coming out of me didn't look anything like what is described in these verses. And so if we want to make the most of our time, we need to be led by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, not letting other things tell us what to do. Are you guys with me? If you're not filled with the Spirit, you're filled with you, the flesh, right? And so what is the evidence of someone filled with the Spirit? What does your Bible say? Check it out with me. Verse 19, speaking to one another, Can I just stop right there? If your life is filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be speaking to your brothers and sisters. Why are you bringing that up, Pastor? Have you talked to anybody at church lately? Have you been speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Well, Mike, I'm just shy. I'm timid. I'm quiet. I'm introverted. You know what you need to do? Ask that the Lord would fill you. Because isn't is that the instructions this morning? We're to speak. Listen, if you're not, then you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another, right? That's inter, is that interaction? Like that? Is that how, like back and forth, not just... Correct? Speaking to one another. What are you telling me, Pastor? Our life is like a musical? Absolutely. <laughs> Look what it says, three expressions here, three different musical expressions that are indicators of someone filled with the Spirit. And so, look what it says. Our speech is going to change in Psalms. Do you guys like the Psalms? Aren't Psalms? How many of you guys go to the Psalms when you're hurting? You don't, I need to show hands. That's, isn't, that the, isn't that the go-to spot? I think about how many people come in hurting here. Did those psalms encourage you? Did God, did God lift you up when you were reading those psalms? It, the psalms aren't just comforting. They are edifying, aren't they? They strengthen us. They undergird us. Guess what God wants to do in this fellowship as we connect with one another? What's coming out of us? We're speaking psalms. I mean, there's doctrine in there. There's edification, there's exhortation, there's comfort. It's, the Psalms are beautiful. If you, Psalm 119, we're going through it right now. It's going to maybe take us a year, isn't it? Coming Wednesday night. No, I'm just kidding. It won't take us a year. But it's like, I've been so, I've been so encouraged by the Psalms. And listen, it's not just the Psalms. The whole Bible points to Jesus, by the way. And do you remember what it said back in, what was the parallel text? Where was it again? Colossians 3, 16, is that what it was? Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom, speaking and, did it put up on the board? Teaching, uh, this is cool, I wish I had a little stick or a little light. (laughs) That word admonishing, it means counseling. (gasps) We're to counsel one another? Did you, did you catch that? We are to counsel one A spirit-filled believer, as spirit-filled believers, we are to be counseling one another. You know what that means? Can I save you a couple grand? You guys are laughing. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Please don't send someone in your family or you to a psychiatrist or psychologist. How can you say that, Pastor. Uh, That was my major in college, by the way, and I consider it junk. I I know it's super offensive, but I'm okay with it. 
Because Jesus is the wonderful counselor. And he's the only one that can heal and help and fix and mend a life. But who does he use to do that through? You and me as we are. Where'd our verse go? <laughs> Just kidding. But it's with, the, it's with the word of Christ. It's with his words. We are to counsel one another, to teach one another. Now, you a spirit-filled believer. You know, people call here. You know what they say? Is this Gabber Jabble? Is that a spirit-filled church over there, partner? And you know what I say? Bonnie knows. We, both of us know the answer now when the phone rings. I sure hope so. I hope everybody's spirit-filled. Because spirit-filled is not a title. It's a condition. We are to be continually filled by asking, Lord, fill me. I want you to control me. I want you to lead my life. That truly rivers of living water would be flowing from my innermost being. Psalms, hymns. What's a hymn? I wrote it down. Hymns are, it means to celebrate. It means to celebrate. A song giving honor, praise, or thanksgiving. How much of our conversation is a celebration? Think about that. How much of your conversation is a celebration, especially about what God's doing or what he's done? Isn't that encouraging? Has God done some cool stuff in your life this week? Have you taken note? That's a great thing to share because some people need to hear that. It's another testimony about God's goodness and grace and his faithfulness and his love and his care. Spiritual songs, it means spontaneous, impromptu melodies of praise. Or check this out. I love this definition. Spirit-inspired songs that minister to God and exhort others by giving testimony about the living God. Is that worth repeating? Let me share it again. Check this out. Spirit-inspired songs that minister to God and exhort others by giving testimony about the living God. That is so... I love that definition. So this morning, if you want to know if you're under the influence or control of the Spirit, how much of a heart do you have for worship? How much of a heart do you have for worship? This speaks about us getting together and praising the Lord too, by the way. Are you with me? Our worship time is not just like a prelude to the Bible study. Like I got, I'm getting my donut and coffee. We still got a couple more songs. I'll be there for the Bible study in a little bit. This is our time together to lift up our voices in one accord, to praise the living God, to thank him, and then to think about, too, what we're singing, right? We're called to worship him in spirit and in truth. When they go into a little riff, right, they're playing that little riff or a little whatever, and there's no words, that's like, a, that's like in the Psalms, a selah, where you start to think about what you're singing, it shouldn't be just mindless stuff we're belting out. We should be thinking about what we're, pray- we're saying and praying to the Lord and praising him. Are you with me? Worship, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. We don't check our mind at the door, but we lift up. Is he worthy? Worship means worship. He's worthy of our praise, our adoration, our whole life, our obedience to his word, to walk in this, what we're learning. Are you with me this morning? You still with me this morning? Okay, praise the Lord. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing means making musical sounds. Making melody means like an instrument. Humming. Sweet music from where? Look what it says. From the inner core of your being, in your heart, to Jesus. Listen, they don't have to be masterpieces. Just what? Just simple songs that bless the master. That honor him. Listen, can I ask you a question? Is the Lord still hearing the melody in your heart this morning? Is Jesus still hearing the melody in your, in your marriage? With our kids? How about in the workplace? Is he hearing the melody in your heart at work? Listen, I'm not, this is not like I'm trying to hand you a conviction sandwich this morning. <laughs> Because I have, to, I have to be checked. Like on 290, man, that's, I need to be filled with the Spirit on 290. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of you are smiling. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Just get cut off. Oh, praise the Lord. Way to go. Good move, brother. Probably, probably going to the hospital. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> Listen, he's tuned in. Jesus is tuned in. Does he hear the melody this morning? Are we giving thanks? Look at the next verse. Giving thanks, saying thank you. How much is always? Always, on all occasions. For how much? How much stuff? All things, everything. To our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. So there's a continual thankfulness. No, not, notice, not in all situations, for everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, also giving thanks. So celebrating Him, thanking Him, praising Him for what He's done, sharing with one another as well. God has been at work in your life. Have you noticed? Can you thank him for that? Can you praise him for that? Listen, um, if you are stuck in last year, last month, last week, if you're still stuck back in COVID, whatever, it's, you're not redeeming the time. It's time to move forward. If I'm griping and complaining, that is a sure indication that I am not under the influence or control of the Holy Spirit. Because what should be coming out if I am, what does it say? Thankfulness, gratefulness. Thank you, Lord. If the Spirit is at work in your life, you will be thankful. Notice for all things, and there's some painful stuff that happens, isn't there? Do you ever have painful stuff? Nobody has painful stuff happen to them? Mike, you have no idea what I've gone through, what I'm going through. You're right, I may or may not, but the Lord does. He sees... Underneath are his everlasting arms. Unexpected bummers. You guys ever have unexpected bummers like drop in on you in your life? You have no idea, Mike. You're right. I may not know. But the Lord does. And if, if you and I are filled with the Spirit, we are word-filled believers, then guess what? Can we chill out? Can we chill out? I'm not saying all things are easy. I'm not saying be thankful for evil. Can you be thankful that God's in control? Do you, do you know he's still on the throne? Do you guys? He's still, that means he's in control. He's working all things together for good of those that love him. Even things, even though things didn't go my way, guess what? They're going his way. I can rest. I can say, thank you, Lord. I don't know. There's more month than money, Lord, but you told me if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, you're going to take care of me. I thank you ahead of time. People come to me all the time with heavy stuff and ask for prayer. And I'm like, and I learned this from my pastor. Lord, I can't wait to see what you're going to do in this situation. It's going to be amazing and awesome. Because if you're working all things together for good, that means there's nothing bad. Whoa, really? Isn't that a promise? He's going to work all things together for good for those who love him. And the word tells us the end of the story too, correct? Do we know the end of the story? Can we thank him for that? Do you know where you, again, do you know where you're going this morning? We know the end. We win, by the way. Did you guys know that? We win? Because we're, we're on the winning team because of Jesus. And so if you're thankful, you're filled with the Spirit. If not, this morning, that is an indication something is spiritually wrong. If you are ungrateful, complaining and griping all the time, murmuring, that is an indication something is wrong spiritually. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't come to me at the door and say, oh, thank you, Lord, praise the Lord, because you're treating the symptoms. The problem is your heart, and you need to confess and repent right now in the Lord's presence and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit afresh. That way, what begins to happen as you're saying, Lord, I want you to fill me, control me, you take, you take the lead, Lord, 
What begins to happen is thanksgiving starts to happen spontaneously, naturally, supernaturally. It's not forced. It's not worked up because it's so easy to hear a message like this and then start doing, okay, I'm going to have to do this. Pastor said so. It begins with your heart saying, Lord, fill me up. God, I need you. What's been coming out has, been nothing, has not been anything like rivers of living water. It's been like the Buffalo Bayou. <laughs> What's the last? Last thing, last evidence, last indicator, if you will. Verse 21, our favorite word. You guys like that word? Submitting. I love it, man. Someone say amen first service. I love that word, Submitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I looked up this word submitting. It has a, it's, it's a military word, but it also has a non-military usage. The military term is to arrange under, in a military fashion, under the commander of a leader. The non-military usage, here's the definition I found, a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Some of you got that definition, some of you didn't. It's okay. You guys ever seen ants carrying a big thing of food? Anybody ever seen that? It's like, how in the world are they lifting that thing up? And they're all, are they all working together? Are there any slackers? There's no slackers, are there? They're all, correct? You guys know what I'm talking about? Anybody? If you don't, Google it. Ants carrying large biscuit or whatever. <laughs> from picnic. <laughs> They're cooperating. They're working together. Are you with me? Yes. Or soldiers. We have some soldiers here. I got to talk to them this morning. We were talking about marching. When you are marching as a soldier, right, you're marching in formation, you watch how you are in alignment with others, you check your alignment, you make adjustments so everybody moves forward together. You guys with me still? That's the military term. And so the idea is the spirit-filled person is finding their place in connection with others. In other words, we're called to be connected, aren't we, as the body of Christ? Is that true? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is when I'm a spirit-filled believer, I, am, I want to walk in an organized way where I am fulfilling the role that God has called me to. I check out how I'm interacting with others, and I make adjustments. I need to be cooperating with others, making the necessary adjustments as we all go forward following Jesus. Does that make sense? Sort of. You find out where you belong, where you fit in. You make the adjustments as we move forward together. In the book of Acts, the early church, we see this phrase used. It's, they move forward together in one accord. Does that mean they were in one Honda together? Just, is, that, is that what we're talking about here? So, listen, such a killer Greek word. It's humothumadon. Some of you be thinking about, yeah, humothumadon. It means to rush along together in unison. Or it means to, to, to unanimous, unanimously be going in the same direction of the same passion. Isn't that beautiful? That was the description of the early church. They were in one accord. They were cooperating together. They were making adjustments, working together, going together, rushing together along in unison. And so the final indication of, here in this section of a spirit-filled person is that you have a desire to be in submission. I, I left out three words. Look what it says. In the, in the fear of God. Wow. When I'm unsubmissive, uncooperative, and by the way, the Lord's given us the manual, hasn't he, for us to cooperate and given us the Holy Spirit to help us? Has he? The Emmanuel? Some of you get that later. It's okay. It's totally cool. He's given us everything we need. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I am like, if I'm manipulating, coercing, controlling, bullying people, or, or throwing my weight around or coming down on my brother or sister, um, there's no fear of God in your eyes. 
That's not submitting to one another in the fear of God. If there's a fear of God, there's a reverence. That word fear literally means terror, alarm, fright, respect, honor, and reverence. We need to have a fear of God, gang. This morning, do you have a fear of God? A a respect, a, a reverence. It's like the ocean. I love the ocean. I love to go surfing in the ocean. I love to be in the ocean. I love the Lord. I fear him. And listen, I love the ocean. I fear the ocean too. Big fish want to eat me up. Undertoes, right? Stuff underneath that wants to zap you as well. So there's a balance. We love the Lord, but we fear him too. We don't want to dishonor him or derail anyone else. And so, or to miss out on his best. Right? Do you guys want to miss out on God's best? I don't. And so let me finish with this as we close. Spirit-filled living is meant to be done together. Did you catch that? This is like super crucial. Living in connection with one another. Especially with spirit-filled brothers and sisters. Why am I saying that? Because the Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Consider who you're hanging out with who you're spending your time, your precious time that you've been given. And listen, don't waste that time. Redeem the time. If you're going to live a spirit-filled life, there may be people you're hanging out with that are grieving the spirit and quenching the spirit in your life. And rather than you influencing them, they become a detrimental influence to your walk with Jesus. And it might be time to say, you know what? I'm going to block that contact <laughs> in love. Say, so, you know what? I just, I need to break fellowship, not have intimate communion with you. And here's why. Here's what's up. Because every moment is a gift. Every bit of time we have is a gift from God. And we take inventory. We want to be spirit-led. We want to be right in the middle of his perfect will for our lives. Are you with me this morning? that we would walk in love, walk in light, and walk circumspectly to redeem the time with the time that God has given you and given me. May we be continually filled with the Spirit that we would bring Him honor and glory in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much for your word this morning. And I pray, God, that my precious brothers and sisters would take away the things that have come from your heart, that the precious would be removed from the vile, God, And that we would truly, Lord, be a family that is continually filled with the Spirit. Under your influence, under your control. Bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing good fruit that would bring you glory. 